How do you make business problems disappear? Wrap them in bacon. For business owners, marketing execs, and anyone trying to grow your business, pump your profits, and make more while doing less, welcome to Bacon Wrapped Business with Brad Costanzo. Sizzling hot business advice guaranteed to make you fat. Profits? Every week our chefs will serve you proven recipes for ramping up your revenue. Now here's your host, Brad Costanzo. Welcome back to the show. This is Brad, and I have got a very hardcore episode for you guys today. This is going to be um, uh, hardcore. That's because I've got no other than the hardcore closer himself, Ryan Stuman. I'm going to introduce you to him in just a second. He's my guest, but before I get into this, I want to let you know that this uh, episode is actually brought to you by a couple of uh, awesome sponsors, and I want to give them a shout out. First one is Organifi Green Juice. So Organifi was founded by a friend of mine and a former guest, Drew Cannoli. And if you have ever, uh, you know, struggled to get all your nutrients and greens and powders or greens into your uh, daily diet, uh, Drew developed an amazing uh, green juice supplement. And it's uh, powdered greens. You just throw it in water. It tastes delicious and it's awesome. And you can get that. Just go to Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com. And you can check that out. It's also brought to you by True Brain, T-R-U-B-R-A-I-N. It's a new tropic supplement company. So this is all about improving your brain and cognitive performance using nootropics or smart drugs. I interviewed the owner and founder of um, True Brain recently on a previous show. Just go to baconwrapbusiness.com forward slash brain drugs. I believe you'll see it right there. And if you're interested in purchasing uh, any of the supplements that they have to offer, which I personally use, use the code BACON at checkout, and I believe you'll still receive a 25% discount. So here I am hooking you up. Now, if this is your first time listening to the show and you're on iTunes and you discovered it that way, click that little subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode. If you're not on my newsletter where I give a lot of great information that doesn't go out on the podcast, you can get that. Just simply go to baconwrapbusiness.com. Now, let's jump into my guest today. So Ryan Stuman is a guy that I've known for a couple of years now. He was in a mastermind of mine, and I've gotten to know uh, what he's doing in, or some of the stuff that he's doing pretty, pretty well because my wife, who is a mortgage officer, uh, was in his program and learning how to learning how to increase her leads and business through a lot of the social media and sales strategies that he uses. And he's been teaching this stuff to uh, all types of sales professionals in the past. And he's I, I gotten to witness him grow his business, and it's been uh, uh, pretty cool to watch. He's got a fascinating backstory, and I'll have him get into that in just a second. But there's a lot you can learn from him, and I think you should pay close attention. So without any further ado, Ryan, welcome to the show, my brother. Hey, what's up, Brad? I'm, I'm super happy to be here, man. And uh, I'm confused. You like have all these commercials for great, healthy stuff, but the show's called Bacon Wrap. Got to like, balance it out, baby. Conflicted or what, man? Got to balance <laughs> it out, right? You got to get your bacon and your greens. Bacon, greens, and brain drugs. So... It's funny. I didn't know that they were sponsors of the show, but I actually use both of those products actually because of you. Like, wow, I saw the awesome. True Brain uh, episode, and and Drew, if you like need a testimonial about his products ever, just look at him. Like if you've ever met him in person, <laughs> the dude is glowing. Like he's like built with every man's dream body, and he's like glowing. So you're like, I want whatever that dude's on. Totally, <laughs> totally. Yeah, it uh, kind of pisses me off. I, I like to say that we'll, we'll stand in, <laughs> we'll stand aside of each other. I was like, I'll be the before picture, you be the after. 
So, yeah, I'm not taking a picture or a selfie with that dude. Like, as, as popular as he is, I'm just going to meet him and Brad Pitt. Yeah, he's David, no fun to go to the I beach with. pictures with those guys. Trust me, he's no fun to go to the beach with. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> so let's jump into this. Um, I'm, I'm glad you, you know, decided to be on the show. I, it just so happens that some of the best and most downloaded episodes that I have have to do with sales and selling and client, uh, you know, getting new clients into um your business it just so that, that I guess is a pretty big hot button for my audience uh, which is cool because it's you know one that I've got experience with and I know you've got a ton with but um, let's jump in a little bit to you know kind of how you got your start why, why you're the hardcore closer because you've got a backstory that is that is probably more uh, I guess inspirational than a lot of the folks that I've spoken with yeah, so I got the name Hardcore Closer. It should it sounds a lot better than Hard Head Closer, <laughs> and uh, it's just more more catchy, right? But uh, it's because I've lived a pretty hardcore life. It's not that I'm some really pushy salesperson. It's that's kind of the joke about it. I'm a great salesperson. Uh, I consider myself one of the best, right? Numbers to prove it and everything. But at the same time, it's uh, I'm not a pushy, aggressive, like mean bulldog type of or or a con artist type of salesperson. The people that uh, go through sales experiences with me, whether they buy or not, they enjoy it and they actually uh, like the process and don't leave, you know, going, man, that guy was a douche that tried to talk me into doing a bunch of stuff that I don't want to do because I've learned in my business uh, that, you know, Oftentimes it's the follow-up. People say no the first time, then you end up doing business with them six months down the road. I've been in business in, in this particular online space for six years now with the same company that I've, I've owned. I started from scratch from my in-laws' uh, extra bedroom. I'll talk about that here in a little bit as we get into it. But, you know, and and the key is, you know, uh, uh, just being able to follow up with those people because they're not going anywhere. We're connected on social media through email, you know, newsletters and all this other stuff and Facebook groups. So, you know, you want to do your best to make every interaction they have with you, especially being a known salesperson, uh, for it to be a positive experience. So they want to come back, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but back to sorry, I, I got sidetracked. No, it's, it's good with the ADD. <laughs> no, it's good. Uh, but, well. well and before you go into that, so they just so that people have a um, a better concept of what you what you sell for your your business, because I mean you can say yeah, this guy's in sales. Okay, what's he sell copiers? So explain a little bit of what you actually sell right now, and then I want to go back and uh, you know rewind to the backstory so that people understand. Look, you weren't born with a silver spoon and every advantage, and life has just been super duper easy for you. I'm pretty sure I didn't have a spoon at all, but we'll get into that. Like, so what I sell is I, I sell how to information, right? On yeah. how to close more sales. Mm -hmm. I sell uh, ironic, right? Yeah. <laughs> the matrix of sales here. I sell sales training. I sell uh, how to create funnels and I do a lot of done for you services as well. I have a team of salespeople, uh, but I'm all around internet marketing. I do live events. I just, you know, a lot of the things you do, Brad, mm -hmm. I, I create systems for people. I consult people. I do live events. I do speaking engagements. I have digital products that I sell. I run a sales room that sells my digital products. I own a tech company. So I do a lot of stuff. It didn't start out that way. I've been in this business for six years and each year I've added a few additional streams of income to a point now where we've got 28 different streams of income that we'll get in uh, as we go through this as well. But uh, I sell a little bit of everything from real estate to how to sell sales stuff to people that sell real estate, believe it or not. <laughs> nice. so. That's awesome. Well, that, and that gives a good frame. So where people come from, I mean, in essence, people come to you to learn how to sell more, to get more clients and to use multiple channels to do so. Is that a pretty good wrap up, like summarization? Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and in, you know, regards to real estate and stuff, I've worked with the top producers from TV to your local market, man. I, I've been very fortunate to work with some very high-level people and help them achieve even higher levels of success. So that's been really cool as well, right? That's awesome. So, yeah, so g- give us some backstory here. Where uh, where'd you come from? So, well, I came from uh, Dallas, Texas, right? But here's my story. I've been adopted at age seven. Uh, I quit school at age 17. I was in prison in Texas by age 20. Uh, I was uh, making a million dollars a year by age 26, back in prison again by 27. Uh, And then uh, I've been divorced three times along the way, thanks to having to go back to prison and, and not living my life correctly. And I've had everything taken out from under me multiple times. I guess the first time, the first thing I had taken away from me was my my father. He left when I was seven years old. One of those like, hey, I'm going to the store. Never came back thing. Like traffic's a bitch in Dallas, but it ain't that bad, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, I make light of it now because I'm old, right? But I mean, the truth is, he he left, and and I had to change my name. Uh, I got adopted by my stepdad. My mom remarried eventually. A few years later, I had to change my name. And I remember going to the third grade and having to explain to everybody that my name was no longer Ryan Russell McCord, that it was now Ryan Keith Stewman. And so, and it was so, it was normal to me because they like the, all the adults said it was like a normal thing, right? But then the kids are like, well, what did you do? Like, what are you in the witness protection program? Like, what's up with your parents? Like, you know, and it was weird. So I had to get good at talking, right? Mm-hmm. I had to be able to communicate. And I had to be able to explain to these kids what happened. And I had to, be, you know, like learn, you know, what, what not to get. I was a skinny kid, so what not to get my ass kicked for saying that stuff for. And then, you know, <laughs> so on and so forth. And by, by age 16, I had been working for my stepdad or adopted dad, whatever you want to call him, at his car wash. Uh, he was like a general manager for car wash. And I had been working there for a few years. And, and I was selling car washes, right? So in, at my, after school, I would go to the car wash. And I would clock in and I would sell people car washes. So they come in, they want a $10 wash and I might sell them a 12 or $15 car wash. Well, that car wash would do, you know, 500 to a thousand cars a day. So the two hours to 10 hours on the weekends that I was there, I got to talk to a lot of people and put a lot of sales pitches on people. So I got real world experience every single day right there, you know, for really impressionable years in my life. So it just became like a natural sales stuff uh, to me. But uh, I also learned to sell drugs. And uh, that, you know, obviously got me in some trouble at, at age 19. I'm guessing that's what the jail was for. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird enough story, right? Like uh, the, the universe works in mysterious ways, right? And mm-hmm. so I, I had been selling drugs to pay my rent uh, because the car wash really isn't a, a glorious lifestyle, for those of you that were wondering. <laughs> and so <laughs> I had been like selling little drugs, a little uh, cocaine on the side, nothing massive. I wasn't like, you know, some people like to say they you weren't bad. Pablo. Yeah, no, I was nothing. I was trying to make a hundred bucks a week or something like that, you know? And so uh, one time a, a girl, you know, it's always a chick, right? Talk, talk me into trying it. And I guess I don't like it because like my heart stopped and the ambulance came and like everybody thought I was dead. It was this whole ordeal. And that's how I ended up getting busted. Right? Oh, wow. So I had the drugs uh, on me uh, because I like everybody thought I was dead. Nobody talked about a bad day. A... <laughs> yeah, man, I woke up like Uma Thurman in full fiction, man. It was not cool at all. Except for what's worse is I was handcuffed to the hospital bed because, you know, I was under arrest for possession of drugs. And, and so, uh, fast forward a year, you know, I'm on, uh, what do you call it? Pre-trial release or whatever the case mm-hmm. and, uh, bond. And 
uh, my lawyer, he says, listen, you're, you're, you're 20 years old, you're young, it's your first offense, you didn't have a whole lot of drugs. If you'll, if you can do 20 years probation, it'll be off your record. And like, I'm not, I'm barely 20 years old, dude. I didn't even make it this long without screwing up twice, wow. yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and, and he's like, or you can go do two years in, in prison. And, but what'll happen is you'll make uh, first parole, which is about three months and you probably won't leave the County jail. So you could do three months here in Collin County jail and you won't have any issues. And Collin County jail is not a bad place at all. If you're going to go to jail anywhere in America, that's probably the one you want to go to. <laughs> And so that sounded like a really good deal, right? Like that was either that, you know, three months or 20 years, I'm going to gamble myself for three months. And I was kind of already in the mentality of I was going to work at a car wash or something like that my whole life anyway. And I, I knew I could sell stuff. So I just like take the charge and deal with it as a, a man. It was my fault anyway. Uh, my lawyer lied or he was uneducated how things work because they end up doing 18 months in one of the most violent prisons in America. I mean, there was like a hundred and something, like I think it was 160 murders Whoa. in this, the eight months that I was in this one facility. Could Seriously. you imagine? Like, dude, man, it was riots every day. Was I was terrible. always, I was always curious about that. I mean, you, you know, you always hear about the violence and the, you know, there's murders and jankings and things like that, but you never know the numbers, like how many people, how, how often it actually happens. That's amazing, dude. Oh man, and it, it was this one particular place I was at was just absolutely insane every day. I mean, most of the time we spent locked down, but dude, if the door opened for a second to shower or eat or anything, man, it was like, and I was never in the middle of it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you have to fight a few times when you're young, like, you know, 20 year old in prison, you're gonna get in a few fights just to prove your man and stuff. But I was never in the middle. Of, I never associated myself with the Aryan Brotherhood or the Bloods or the Crips or any of that stuff. But I seen the people day in and day out, like we're all stuck there together and it's so much drama. And I can laugh at it now, but I mean, it, it was just horrible. I remember when I made parole, Brad, I gave away all my stuff to the dudes that were cool. And then as I was leaving, I gave like the finger and like told everybody F off and y'all belong in here and all that. And the bastards turned around and sent me back to the unit two days later to the same place no. I came from. They made a mistake. I wasn't supposed to make parole for another month. Like, dude, this is the kind of life that I've had, right? Like, just, <laughs> it's like you do drugs, you die, you go to jail, you tell everybody to F off. Then you come back and you find yourself in a worse situation. And so, uh, yeah, that really happened. And, uh, yeah, that really yeah, happened, that's unfortunately. But it, it, it was a crazy time, but I learned a big lesson. Like, hey, I was, uh, I was never going to get in trouble again the rest of my life, right? And no matter what money, and I wasn't making any, but at the time, you think you are when you're young. You know, no matter what money I thought I was making selling drugs, it wasn't worth uh, being locked up with those animals for the rest of my life. And, you know, I was in a unit with 6,000 people, and there was maybe 150 of us white dudes on there. So it was crazy. You talk about experiencing racism in today's times and stuff, dude. I have been on that, man. There is like, it was nuts. And so... Uh, a very valuable lesson learned there. And I got out, I went back to work at the car wash and uh, at the car, this is how they get the hardcore part, right? I go back to work at the car wash and a lady that owns a mortgage company comes in there pretty regularly and I'm selling her car washes on a regular basis. And she's like, comes in for $10 wash, always ends up with a $30 wash. And uh, she offers me a job in mortgages and I tell her I'm a felon and I don't even have a car payment and they, you know I'm a loser, I'm just supposed to wash cars or whatever. Finally, she stays on me and closes me to come to work for. Huh. And within like three weeks of working there uh, at the mortgage company with no prior experience, luck landed in my lap and I ended up closing one of my friend's deals just by proxy and I made like 6300 bucks. Nice. Man, I had to work like three months and some change at the car wash to get that money. So I was like addicted. Like what? This is better than drug money, man. Yeah. And that was about the time that movie Boiler Room came out, right? And I was oh, like, yeah. dude, we're like, yes, that's us. <laughs> so uh, without the illegal stuff, obviously. 
And uh, I, I, from scratch, literally within two years, I, I owned a branch of the bank and was closing 50 to 60 loans between my branch every single month. And we were buying and flipping houses. And I, I made in 2005, like a gross uh, income of like 770 something thousand bucks. Right. And I had never made any money kind of like that ever before. So I bought cars, I bought houses, You're I bought crazy. Yeah. You name it. I threw parties, dude. And I was like 25, 26 years old. Well, the police thought that I was selling drugs again and they kicked in my door, uh, in 2005 and obviously I didn't have any drugs in the house and they were kind of embarrassed. And I wasn't even in the house. I showed up after the fact and like walked through the door. I was like, hey, what's going on? What are you guys? I thought somebody got onto my roommate or something like that. And uh, they found a gun in my home that was my uh, stepfather's and uh, another gun upstairs in my roommate's bedroom. Well, in the state of Texas, you can own a gun in your primary residence five years after you're released. It was 2005. I was in, uh, or charged. I was charged in 1999. So I was within my rights. But, you know, thanks to George Bush, he had some kind of weird law, in fact, that they were uh, rounding up people that had guns. And uh, I'm a victim of gun control, honestly. And they, they took my rights from me. They took the gun from me. They tried to give me 25 years, Brad, in federal prison just because I was minding my business. They made a mistake and didn't want to admit it. I beat the, the state case, but then the ATF picked it up, like I said, thanks to George Bush. And you don't beat the feds like John yeah. Gotti. You know what I mean? He's doing life sentence. So uh, I just kind of I had to plead out. They're trying to give me 25 years. But as luck, I have the shittiest, but yes, bet, yet best luck at the same time, because <laughs> at the time that I, I my case was going through, my lawyer his name is Craig Watkins, got elected to be the first black, first Democrat, first pretty much everything in the history of Dallas County, and he was the district attorney. So he went from representing me as a criminal to all of a sudden like letting us you know, decide who gets to go and who doesn't get to go. Well, obviously, it was a conflict of interest for him to represent me, but he was a big historic figure, and it made a lot of people upset around here because, you know, just A, being a Democrat, really, because Texas and Dallas specifically is very Republican, and uh, B, he beat the, the guy that was a sure thing, you know uh -huh. what I mean? And, uh, and so anyway, there was some tents, and they were trying to give me 25 years of it, but right in the middle of this, his team happened to catch these guys called the Scarecrow Bandits, and the Scarecrow Bandits robbed like 18 banks, and he helped get me time reduced by leveraging them. Not that I snitched on them or had anything to do yeah. with them. He was just like, hey, if you want us to turn these guys over, you got to let my boy go. Because he knew I was a good dude. He knew I didn't do anything wrong. I had paid him a bunch of money. He was a good lawyer. Yeah. I had refinanced his house for him and everything. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, and, and he lived in a big house, so it, you know everything helped. I'd sent business to his title company. You know, he he's he still is a good dude. Matter of fact, they kicked him out of office here in Dallas because he was letting too many people go because he was in charge of the DNA exoneration project. Oh wow! And they were mad that he was letting so many people go after they've been locked up thirty years. He really is a good dude. But uh, so he he bargained for me to get two years, and then they knocked it down to fifteen months in federal uh, prison. So at age 28, after I made you know millions of dollars at this point in the mortgage game uh, and, and was innocent, I had to go back to this place again. And it was a different experience on the federal level. I mean, I never even saw anybody get in a fist fight. Uh -huh. We had movie theater that we go watch movies on Fridays. We had an air conditioning library. We had a gym. <laughs> Dude, it's like it is club fed. We were just missing our wives. And so a uh, completely, completely different experience. So I went through there for 15 months while I was in there. Uh, my wife at the time divorced me and left me for the landscaper. And like when I came out, she had sold all my assets. Like everything was gone, dude. Like I had nothing. 
And I was in a scenario yet again where I was like, I had nowhere to live, nothing on my back, no, 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 nothing, man, no spending money, no job, you know, barely a, a cell phone or anything to be able to get in touch with people. Social media wasn't really a thing back then. It was just getting started. And, uh, man, through my network, I found a job at a bank. And within three months, I was the top producer at the largest uh, privately owned bank in the state of Texas. And was top producer there, made a bunch of money for the bank, became like a really good loan officer. And I'll be damned if in 2010, uh, Dodd-Frank passed a law that said if you have a prior felony that was of moral turpitude, which owning a gun is, mm -hmm. then you could no longer get a financial license. And they took my loan officer abilities away from me. Oh. Once again, the rug was gone. <laughs> Damn, Damn, dude. So, that's hardcore, huh? <laughs> for real. You, you've earned it. You've earned that name. It's, and so I was like, literally, I don't have anything. No no job again, no nothing. And so uh, one of my real estate agents that I did business with, a guy named Michael Reese, who's a now a big-time internet marketer with National Association of Expert Advisors, He's like, dude, you should do what I do. You should teach real estate agents and you should teach loan officers how you were able to do this. Because he's like, most of the people in the game, they like failed at their job. And so now they try to coach people. He's like, dude, you closed 180 something loans last year and then your license was taken from you. People want to know how to do that. And I'm like, dude, everybody hates me because I take their business. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to teach people how to do it. And after he, you know, showed me some stuff from Frank Kern and Ryan Dice and the usual suspects that you see when you're getting the gateway drug to this industry. Yep. Uh, I was like everybody else that you decide on, you know, whether you like something or not. And I was addicted. And uh, I somehow came up with this name, Hardcore Closer, thanks to one of my friends cracking a joke. And uh, started this this business in two, March of 2010 and uh, have just been growing it ever since, man. I literally, I, I have, I, one thing I can say, Brown, is that I've never faked it till I made it. When I was in my in-laws house, I was saying, hey, I'm here now, but y'all have seen me before. I've made millions of dollars twice in two different industries. Just watch me come back and do it on the internet too. It's just another set of circumstances that I got to push through. Believe in me, give me a chance and watch me work for you. Matter of fact, now if you'll watch me work for you, I've got to work harder than I ever have before because I've got to make my name and prove my point in the marketplace. People started taking chances on me. And, you know, it's been six years now. And last month I had 370,000 people visit my website. We took in 1,700 leads. We closed over 106 uh, uh, products that we, we sold. We sold pretty big ticket uh, items. We sold over 106 big ticket items, brand new. That doesn't count recurring. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I mean, we're just kicking it in, in full force. We've already sold, you know, $40,000 worth of stuff the first seven days of the year this year. And that's brand new stuff, non-recurring contracts, cash collected, right? So everything I do, I talk about in real-time numbers. I love it. That Yeah, that, by, by the way, that's rare. <laughs> we won't go into that. That's, that's yeah. very rare. People are like, right, man, I'm, I just closed a million-dollar client if they stay with me for 10 years. Right, yes. No. <laughs> mine's, mine's cash money only. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So, um, all right, man, that's awesome. So let's, let's get into – Let's get into this, some of the the meat. This is where we get into the sizzle, like the the um, uh, the sizzle of the show, right? It's bacon wrap business. So, what is working now? Give me something that you're doing, and that, and mo most importantly, you're doing, and you and other people who learn from you uh, can repeatedly do. That's working. That the people listening here can be like, oh shit, I'm gonna try that. Well, a couple of things, right? The biggest thing that's working for me right now that I think most of your audience probably doesn't do, not that I'm being like Judgy McJudgerson or anything <laughs> like that, I'm just saying, uh, but most people don't contact everybody that comes into their funnel. 
Um, but we have autoresponders and we have all these mechanisms out there to make sure that we don't have to contact the customer. So it, and, and that's the way everybody's doing business. And listen, anytime everybody's doing something like, and I mean everybody, then it's a good idea to revert back to be a little different. So when you talk about uh, contact, you mean like actual one-on-one, like pick up the phone and talk to them contact? Yeah. So what happens is even God if you forbid. Go to hard, <laughs> yeah. If you go to hardcoreclosure.com right now mm-hmm. and you sign up for a copy of my book for free mm-hmm. or you opt into my email list for free. I'm, your, the ability to leave your phone number is optional, but most people will leave their phone number because you never know. And my team will uh, text you. They will call you. It's a live person working here in America. They will call you. They will text you. They will send you an email. And, and of course, they want to sell you something, but really our whole goal is to provide value. If you are on my website, you obviously have questions or you would like to learn something. So we want to make sure we provide you with the links to the blog uh, to whatever it is that you're looking for. And if you're looking to spend money and get some education on a product, we want to make sure that you land on the right one so that your, uh, your problem is solved and you're not still left hanging going, well, I bought the stuff, but it wasn't what I needed, right? We want to make sure that you 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 get the right decision because you're there for a reason. And so we want to make sure that you get service while you're there on our website. So many people don't do that. They just allow the autoresponders to do everything. And if you reach out, you reach out. If you buy, you buy. And and we're still, hey, if you buy, you buy. But this way it allows us to, I mean, think of how, how awesome that is, Brad. If you hop on somebody's website and then somebody sends you a personal email, it's like, hey, Brad, thanks for coming on our website. If you have any questions related to your business, just give us some topics. We'll be more than happy to put together a bundle of blog posts and articles that'll fit your needs, that'll help you out, right? Yep. And so that's what my sales team does. That opens the door for that person to go, dude, that's awesome. I was thinking about this. And that's where the gate, the door like cracks open for them to start figuring out why it is they were on the site and what maybe we have that they could purchase that would help them solve that problem. I love it. So go back to that. So you tell them, so somebody subscribes, especially if they, um, if they uh, put in their phone number or whatever, but you contact them and one of those bribes is will what customize the stuff for you explain yeah, that so again I have, I have a sales team and so what the sales team says basically they'll send an email and a text message out that's like let us know what you're looking for that way we can customize a bundle of blog posts for you because i have over a thousand blog posts so there's no way they can find them we know how to use the site the average yep. person doesn't right yep. so at least this way we give them four or five just links to blog posts which doesn't take us but a second sure you know just links to blog posts that they can read that'll fit their needs. Now, here's the other thing. At the end of that, they say, after you read these, or if you have any other questions, feel free to reply to this email or reach out to me at blah, 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 phone number, right? And so, and they can look them up on ClickSo to see what social media channels they're on and everything else so that they can see they're real people. But the cool part is, every blog post I write, Brad, has a call to action to buy a product in it. Yeah, of course. So we're driving them back to read an article that's full of content but it's just like every other commercial uh, and every other monetized platform out there. It's 80% content, 20% sales pitch. Mm-hmm. So the last two paragraphs that they read in that article are going to be, if you want to know more stuff like that, here is the applicable program that fits this type of criteria for your people. And if we're sending them four or five blog posts and they keep seeing that this thing solves this problem, this thing solves this problem, and it solves this problem too, it's going to be hard not to spend a few hundred bucks at least with us. Yeah. Well, and I, I like how there's so many people who are just afraid to sell at the like on their blog posts or wherever i mean if you've got value you know ask for the order that's probably one of the biggest problems that most people have is they don't ask for the order in life you know and you know i I respect that about you is you know that's kind of like a that's kind of a i mean it sounds like you've just you know circumstances be damned 
you asked for the order, whatever it was. I, I really admire that you didn't just – like the majority of the people have and do who are in your situation would have just folded and said, yeah, my life sucks. I'm going to either stay, you know, stay with crime or just take a crappy job and blame the man for, you know, not getting ahead. So I think that's awesome that you just said, no, I'm going to you know, I'm gonna write my own story in this life. Well, I feel like this, man, and this could be just totally egotistical, narcissist, whatever you want to call it, right? But I feel like that I've been put through all this hell, for lack of a better phrase, for a reason. Because I'm able to connect with guys everywhere. Not so much with women, but with guys everywhere, right? Guys can say, dude, I've been in bad situations. I've been locked up. I've been rich. I've been broke. I've been an entrepreneur. I've been fired from my job. I've been divorced. I've been adopted. I've been on drugs. I've been homeless. I've been in the hood. I like all these things that I've done because of the mistakes I've made in my life have made me a tough as nails, dude. There's no circumstance. You think I'm worried about my business failing? I survived seven months in beat one dude. I could care <laughs> less if my business fails, right? I could care less if that sale gets blown up. I've had to talk my way out of getting killed several times, right? <laughs> so like I, I know how to sell and I know how to work this stuff. I'm confident in it. But I, I feel like I went through all that so that my experiences could pass off and be proof that other people that have had less, maybe the same experiences, but to less magnitudes can remove their excuses to where they have no reason but to take massive action, you know? Absolutely. No, and that's, a, that's, that's awesome that that drives you. And hopefully if there's some people out there who kind of feel as though they've you know, who are listening right now, you know, feel as though, the, you know, hey, you had a lot of bad stuff happen in your life. Well, yeah, you know, a lot of us have, some of us more than others, as you're hearing right now. But, you know, you you can be defined by your life experiences or you can define them. So um, when it comes to, when it comes to just professionally on here, what, um, I I broke my train of thought here. I, I I did have a good question for you. I'm trying to think exactly what it was, but it happens. what do you, I do that often, right? But what do you think is um, what do you think is the hardest part for most of your students and clients and people to learn? So you you get people coming in with all different levels of experience. So I know that like my wife who started with you had uh, one level of experience, and then you have some people who are more tech oriented, some people are more people oriented or whatnot and in order to really kind of master this you have to un only master a handful of moving parts right so there's the you know get people you know this is the marketing get people to whether it's your website your facebook page or whatever get people to you get them to raise their hand and ask for help and then you know and then sell them something what do you think is the hardest part for most people to master is it the the, the technical stuff the inter internet stuff is it feeling comfortable just getting on the phone and closing what's what have you seen for other people is the biggest hurdle that you have to spend the most time on helping them? The biggest hurdle for my people is the technical side. Most of the people that come into my sphere are already guys that are earning six. Most of, I say guys because most of my business is dudes. Sure. So like they're, they're guys that are earning, in most cases, multiple six figures in annual income. Uh, so they're already established. They're just looking to be able to scale their team and go to the next level. So they're used to the phone. They're used to closing. They're used to networking, doing business. But this whole sales funnel and internet thing is, is uh, you know, it's Greek to them. And they get, the thing is, you know, dealing with alpha males like myself and you, uh, we, we can have tempers and we can get frustrated easy and we could have 50 million things pulling us 50 different ways and it can frustrate us to where we like pull our hair 50 million different ways, you know, and 
And I mean, even when we got on this podcast, you sound like you'd been working out in the gym, but I know you'd just been doing business, man. It's just like, it can be exhausting, you know? And, and the, the thing is like, I had to learn to be patient with these people and, and especially the guys, right. And, and be patient with them and assure them if they'll just put in that first initial hour to do the stuff that'll all start making sense when they get to the end, because these guys are exactly like me. And, and like most of your audience, probably they have ADD. They want stuff done immediately. And to have to take an hour out of their busy schedule to learn some new stuff that doesn't just fall into place immediately can frustrate anybody, let alone some alpha male that's already making a bunch of money calling shots anyway, you know? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. So I've been in this business uh, one way or another for, since I guess 2008. And I remember getting started and, um, and I, it's all relative, like, right. So back then there were some new tools out that were a lot easier than people had five years prior, but man, it, the, the, some of the tools out and the technology out that just makes a lot of the steps easy. It's, um, it's getting better and better. Like a lot of the tools you and I use and some of the stuff you, you don't have to be a wizard at this sometimes. And I, I know you've encouraged people to just, just use Facebook if nothing else. If you're not tech savvy enough to use a, a website and everything else, you know, you can just use Facebook as a, um, as a crutch. So that tech shouldn't really be a crutch for, for most people. And there's, you know, with so many of the resources out there, but when it comes to the selling part and when it comes to getting people on the phone, do you use any specific formulas as it go, you know, with the, uh, with the conversation? Cause when you have a lot of conversations, obviously structure is your friend. Is there anything that you typically go through? Yeah, absolutely. So there's this, this equation like bonding and trust, interest and desire, familiarity, and the ability to close. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, what I do is when I get on the phone with somebody, the first thing that I do with them is I say, Hey, where are you from? Most of the time I know anyway, I say, Hey, you know, where are you from? Or how's the weather over there in Philadelphia or whatever? And, and, and when they reply to me, I'm like, that's awesome, man. You're over in Philadelphia. I have clients over there that I worked with this time of year last year and built some funnels for them. Great market over there. I'll immediately let them know just in that friendly beginner conversation that they think is just like casual talk. But to me, it's strategic. I'm letting them know that I've already gotten results for someone geographically close to them that's similar to their situation before we've even gotten. I've already trial closed and, and planted some seeds in their mind that there's someone like them in their marketplace that has what they want. Yep right before we even get into it and then from there because uh, people identify with three things what's your name where are you from what do you do for a living so we try to cover most of the leads that come in i know those three things they've given me their name i just don't know where they're from so that's the go-to question for me and so that starts that bond with them lets them know that i have somebody in a similar situation that's got results that they want uh, and then from there i ask them what made you decide to reach out i think that's a very powerful question because a any admission or, or vocal or whatever it even works via text but anytime somebody replies to that uh they're admitting subconsciously that they made a decision that you were involved in and most humans uh, dread making decisions because decisions brad they come with consequences <laughs> that's true and and most of us make a bunch of stupid decisions, myself included. I just told you my story. Uh, most of us make a bunch of stupid decisions which have negative consequences, so we get indecisive. And anytime we're indecisive, we don't make a yes or no decision. We just stay indecisive until we're 100% confident. That's the reason why most people won't buy products is because they're not 100% confident in what you say. You know? Back to this, though, what people – you know, they're scared of consequences because they, they have made bad decisions before. And consequences show intention. And the difference in intention is huge. You can always pass something off and say, I didn't mean to, but if you meant to, and you knew what the consequences were, you still screwed it up. In other words, if I'd invested in a $25,000 mastermind and then I didn't take action, that's my fault, right? Yeah. And so 
uh, but mo- a lot of people know they won't take action, and so they're not confident in that, so they give you the rebuttal. But anyway, so going back to this, people will avoid making those decisions. So you saying what made you decide, you decide to reach out to me, and them giving you a reply to that is there's two things that I've already done 30 seconds into the conversation that's planting seeds for down the road to close them, right? Make sense? Yep. Yeah. I mean, you're gathering, you're, you're, you're planting seeds, you're gathering information on them and what they need, and it's it's a it's a really powerful position when they raise their hand and ask to talk to you. You're not cold calling people from out of the blue. They're asking to talk to you. So when you get on the phone, there's a, you know, you're, you're in a powerful position there to help them, but also to persuade them. Yeah. And because in my business, my job, I I learned this from the car business, right? In the car business, they say, make sure you land them on the right car. That means if somebody comes in and and they, they want an SE model, but some of the stuff they're talking about is in the SEL model, don't put them on the SE model. Take them to the SEL, make them fall in love with it, and then they'll pay an extra couple bucks a month in payment, right? Mm-hmm. Because they got what they wanted. Because everybody's always got a, a low ball intention, and then they end up getting what they want, which always costs more than their desire. So in, in my business, I have to land them on the right product. So I have to diagnose their problem so that I can give them the prescription for the right product that fits their needs and solves that problem, right? And so that's huge. I have to actually, in my sales team too, once we go through that, what made you decide to reach out? Most of the time, the answer they give us is BS. Sometimes they'll just jump right into it and be honest. Most people are not. I deal with salespeople, so they're they're guarded, right? They're trying to see what we're made of. <laughs> and so we just ask them questions, you know? It's like, well, what do you want more of? What made you decide to reach out? Like, we're just trying to find out what, what it is. Some, oftentimes, I find my guys won't admit that they're the ones that want to sharpen their sword and get more sales training so they pass it off as their sales team that needs it and so if I start selling to them then it damages their ego sometimes and they won't buy it but if I start selling the fact that this will help their team help them and oh by the way if you want to take it too that's cool you'll like it but you don't necessarily need it because you're the big shot right then that plays to their ego and that's what they wanted to hear whether they watch it or not that still accomplish their goals oh that's yeah that's great and do you find that salespeople are so do you find that the salespeople are harder to close or easier to close? Because I know that, and I've heard this, but I know for me, I'm an easy close because I'm a salesperson. Like I can get, it's very easy for me to get excited about stuff and to be optimistic and to say, yeah, hell yeah, you know, I can do it. And then sometimes I've been sold stuff that I don't really want because I'm an easy sell. But I'm a, I'm a good salesman, but I'm an easy sell. So do you find it kind of the opposite or do you find it more like... Dude, I'm the biggest lay down sell on the planet, man. I'm a good, I'm like, I consider myself one of the greatest salesmen alive and I am one of the easiest people to get money from that is not, I'm not even kidding, man. Like, oh, yeah. I, I buy stuff. Because I don't, I think it's karma, man. I don't like to tell people no because I don't like being <laughs> I know, dude. I'm the, I'm the exact same way. And to be a salesperson, I mean, to be a salesperson, you kind of have to be like optimistic and and see the, uh, you have to see the what's possible in the future, right? Because you have to lead your client through that. Which means it's very easy to get led down that path yourself. But um, so I was always curious if you found selling to salespeople harder or easier. Same thing. Well, for, here's the thing. Go ahead. Well, sorry to interrupt, but the the thing is, the the best salespeople are the easiest to close. Salespeople in general can be hard because a lot of salespeople struggle. Yeah. Uh, financially, they struggle to to drop their ego and admit that they need some help. Uh, but the best salespeople, the most confident, just like you said, they're lay down sales because they know if whatever they invest their money in, they'll get it back. I'm not worried about it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so what is there anything else you're working on right now that you're really excited about? Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about this tech uh, startup company that I founded. I know that sounds so hipster, <laughs> but uh, 
you know, I'm one of those people that once I figure out how to do something, I'm like all in behind it. And five years ago, coming on podcasts like this, honestly, I uh, would get on a podcast and I would say like, you know, find me at facebook.com forward slash real Ryan Stuman or find me at hardcore closer or I have a podcast on iTunes. I don't need more, but I did back then. Or I have a, uh, you know, I would just like, I would give people 20 different spots where they can find, find me on Twitter at hardcore closer. There's a bunch of different places to find me and it got annoying because it seemed like we would take three to five minutes of airtime saying where to find us. And then, you know, email signatures, there, there's more social media channels came online. It's like more links in your email to give people decisions and more icons on your blog taking up space and, and hiding places that you could put calls to actions there and things. So, mm-hmm. you know, it started to frustrate me. And, and five years ago, I started developing a product called Clixo, C-L-Y-X-O.com uh, is the actual website, Clixo, C-L-Y-X-O. And what Clixo does is it houses all of a person's social media profiles in one place. So it's like one address. So instead of saying, find me on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, you just say, find me on Clixo forward slash closer. And then you can go to that website and then there's all my social media channels or at least the top 12 social media channels. And you can, if you're not on Facebook, but you're on Instagram, we connect there. If you're not Instagram, but you're on Facebook, we can connect there or you can connect at all of them. It's your choice. And as a, a person that has a Clixo profile, uh, you can list whatever you want and delist whatever. So if you don't want people to find you on your Instagram or Twitter or whatever, you can only list whatever you want. You can put your contact information if you'd like, website, phone number, and, and it's completely customizable. In a sense, you can drag and drop the icons in whatever order you want them in. If you want to write in a box and put your information there, fine. If you don't, find like So we don't force you to give us any information uh, that you don't want to give, but it's basically an online business card to where no more needing a Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Snapchat icon on your business card or website. You just use my Clickso logo when people click on it or when they go there, they see your availability at all those sites and that how they can reach you. So it just makes everything easier. In time, say, find me at clickso.com forward slash closer, then get all my information there. And then also, you know, less space and print and all that. And then more importantly, as we're at like 1400 users now it's literally just a couple of weeks old that's great uh, and I'm, I'm barely starting to promote it and it but like literally you know in a in a year or so when we're at you know 50,000 100,000 a million people however many people sign up for it uh, it'll be a place where you can search for people if I want to find Brad and see where you're at on all your social media channels and maybe follow you on Twitter and follow your podcast and everything else I can do it right there instead of having to go to Google and, and find 10 different Brad Costanzos and, and all the other stuff that you have to do right now. It's kind of inconvenient to find somebody on social media right the second, and I'm trying to solve that problem as well. I like it. No, I think that's cool. I, and you know, before we got on and started recording, you told me about it. I signed up, and I believe it's uh, clyxo.com slash Brad Costanzo. So anybody listening and want to see what I did, just took me a second to do, and it's uh, pretty cool. I like it, man. Uh, thanks, man. Yeah, I designed it to where you know easy to do takes less than two minutes in most cases to set up. Yep, and it'll be free forever. I never plan on charging people for this. This is a a resource that I have a way to monetize it to where the users will never pay for it. You can set up your business page there too. I won't charge for those either. Uh, I've got a different uh, monetization uh, model that I'll follow on it. So if you sign up, you have a lifetime free account forever. You got mm-hmm. my word on that. Oh, beautiful. So, um, so what is your what is your Clickso ID? Clickso forward slash closer, of course. Nice. Well, clickso.com forward slash closer, right? Yeah, clickso.com forward slash closer. That's awesome. Well, man, it has been, uh, it's been, it's been a lot of fun hearing more of your story and, you know, diving in and kind of hearing the, 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 the real backstory behind it. And it, 
it goes to show that uh, you know with a little little ambition and willpower it doesn't it doesn't matter what you've been through you can have some uh, amazing success especially these days with all of the with all of the resources out there from mentors to information products to online training to whatever I posted something on my Facebook last night just as a kind of a test like you know what would, what advice would you give to a young person who's just starting off uh, in you know with no experience or low experience you know what what do you think they should do and my my little combinations were you know just get a job based on your skill set now and work and save and you know climb the ladder or you know work for free for somebody hire a mentor you know, I, I put a whole bunch of different stuff on there but the the truth is there's so many things that you can do uh, 20 years ago when I was just getting out of college I know like you know you basically just could go get a job and if you wanted to learn from people like yourself who've who've done this stuff it, it was really hard to find people like you you had to be watching an infomercial and get a, a late night you know, you know make the call yep. and get a Tony Robbins uh, thing but these days you can you, you can get a lot of free information on your blog and then you can decide listen I want to I want to leapfrog and not stand in line I want to hire somebody like you know like Ryan to show me the ropes and show me what he's done because there's no there's no need to have to you know do it the hard way anymore I mean <laughs> you've kind of paved that path that's good but no, um, you're right, man. When I first got into this, that was, you know, or, or, you know, when I was young, I shouldn't say when I first got, when I was younger, the only way that I, I, you could learn anything is if you stayed up late at night and you're right, infomercials came on or maybe Saturday during the, the, the news or whatever. And info products is really what helped me start making money in, in real estate. I, I left that part out. I, I bought Robert Allen's No Money Down Real Estate mm -hmm. uh, after going to an event that I saw a commercial for late at night on TV, just like you mentioned. And when we were young, we didn't have access to that stuff. You know, we had to go get a job. And now the guys, kids these days that, I mean, if you if you haven't gotten to college and you're not thinking about going to college, like take my advice for what it's worth. If you have no debt and you're a sharp person and you can hustle, there's there's really no need for college. I'm not saying don't go to college, but there's really no need for it. If you're a sharp dude and you have hustle, you can make money. And if you don't go to college, you don't have debt, right? And if, you, if you're young, you don't have a bunch of credit cards, you don't have kids yet, you don't have a wife yet, you don't have a husband yet, you can travel, you can live really cheap, you can crash on friends' houses, and you can save your money, right? And so if you'll just, like I know they try to tell you in music and everything else these days to blow your money and ball all out when you're in your 20s, but dude, A, it's so much funner in your 30s and 40s. Trust oh, me yeah. on that. Oh, yeah. And, and, and B, like if you'll just save and work your tail off during your 20s, man, the game you'll be a game changer by the time you reach your 30s. Yep. I wish I would have done it. I no. just I kind of towed the line and had, had a bunch of fun in my 20s but didn't get serious until my 30s. So I agree completely. Well, Ryan, man, this has been awesome. Uh, for more information on you, go to hardcorecloser.com. Or clickso.com slash closer, and you can see all of, you know, not only sign up for what, you know, Ryan has built, but have it for free and get your, you know, your own social profile site, your own Clickso account out there. Um, everybody else, if you, if you have any questions for me, if this is resonated, if you have more questions, if you, if you want to get in contact with me personally, you can always shoot me an email to askbrad at baconwrappedbusiness.com and you can get on my newsletter 
for free where I share a lot of cool stuff that I don't share on the podcast. Just go to baconrampbusiness.com. But the best thing you can do for me is share this episode on social media, talk to your friends about it, ask them if they've heard the show because that's how we continue to grow and grow and get bigger and bigger. And um, Ryan, man, it's been fun to watch you grow and watch your business uh, really, really take off and excited to see what happens next. Dude, I'll never forget the first time I met you, man. I was waiting out in front of like the seediest hotel in all of San Diego, man. Uh, that's awesome. Hotel tonight, and you rolled in in this R8, and I was like, "Yeah, this dude's legit. This is gonna be a good night." That was fun, wasn't it? We had a good time. Yeah, it was, man. That's awesome. Well, brother, I appreciate you, and I will see you on the Book of Faces. All right. Thanks again for having me on, man. All right, bro. Talk to you soon.